Uh, turn your Bibles tonight to the book of Psalm, chapter 1. felt like last week, I was telling my wife on the way home, I preached a little bit more of a heavy sermon. A sermon that was kind of, I felt doom and gloom. Of course, it was what God put on my heart, but uh, this is what God put on my heart. It's quite the opposite, I would say. And Psalm 1 is a great psalm. I think a lot of people have this psalm memorized. I think I have it memorized. I'm not going to try and say it tonight to you from memory, but I, I had to memorize this in school and in college. And uh, this is it's a great psalm to memorize if you were to memorize certain scripture. And Psalm 1 ta- has a lot of information in it for us. And if you could title this psalm, I would say it's the How to Be Blessed Psalm. I think one of the greatest privileges at, for being a Christian is the fact that although we're undeserving, we're not perfect people, we serve a perfect God, and yet in our imperfection and in his perfection, he decides, I want to bless you. I want to give you blessings. I want to bless your life. And there's two personal studies that I think any Christian can do and to study is how to be blessed and how to, how to be cursed even. What the blessings and the cursings that come through life. And God spells both of these out to us in the word of God, in the Bible. If there's something for you to know of, how do I become blessed? I want myself to be blessed. I want my family to be blessed. I want everything I do to be blessed. Well... Psalm 1 tells us a lot, and also I think we should do, we should study about how do I avoid curses? How do I avoid staying away things that need to be stayed away from? And it'd be wise for any Christian to study these out and to admonish these things. So in Psalm chapter number 1, let's go ahead and read the whole passage. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand at the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous." But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's go ahead. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Dear Lord, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for bringing us to church tonight. And God, I pray Lord, that you would just bless us and help us, Lord, to get something from the word of God tonight. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would, first of all, forgive me of sin. I pray there be nothing between you and I, Lord, as I preach this sermon. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use me in a mighty way to, to help, to be an encouragement. Lord, help us as a church to hear to these things and to apply these principles to our life. Lord, help us to be the best possible Christian that we can be for you. We love you. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Psalm chapter number 1 gives great instruction on how to secure God's blessings in our life. How How do we have God's blessings? Well, first of all, there are three people to avoid. If you look at verse number 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, 
nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The first person that the psalmist gives us here is the ungodly. And of course, if this person is ungodly, that of course means that they are the opposite of godly. And so we should not, the Bible says, to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The ungodly, those who do not love the Lord, those who do not put God first in their life, these are the least qualified people to give counsel, but yet sometimes it seems that they are the most likely to offer the counsel. And so when it comes to life, we should be seeking those who have a godly heart, who have your best intention in mind through the word of God, who are going to show you things from the Bible of how to help you, how to become godly, how to live a successful Christian, victorious life, and, and what to do and what not to do as a Christian. And so before we follow the advice from a person when it comes to major decisions, we should say, you know, is this, is this something that the Bible approves of? Is this person godly? Do they love God? Do they put the things of God first in their life? We should, we should make it a top priority in our life to seek out godly counsel. There's a lot of questions that we have as we go on in life. None of us have it all figured out. We may think we have it all figured out, but we do not. And there's some things that we need, we need to ask questions for. And there's answers that we need to be answered. And so I found out in my life that as I seek the counsel of godly individuals when it comes to matters of my life and, and how to be uh, a good Christian man, and I had to seek counsel from those who, first of all, had been through life, who've been through similar things as I have, and and ask them, what are the things I should be doing? Um, many of you know Pastor Arnold. He's been to church here many times. When I was surrendering my life to the Lord as a young teenager, I, one of the things I asked him, I said, Brother Arnold, what, are, what advice would you give somebody who is called into the ministry? And all he simply told me was, just read the Bible. <laughs> read the Bible. And I said, all right, I read the Bible. Not that I wasn't already, but he basically told me as a as an as a senior saint somebody who's walking with the lord for a very long time that develop a relationship with god that's simply all he told me and that meant a lot to me i said okay that's what i need to put that's what i need to prioritize in and as a youth pastor i have had to seek out other youth pastors for for help for counsel because i don't have all the answers as a husband i don't have all the answers i've had to ask other husbands how do you do this and now as i'm becoming a father i'm asking other fathers well, what do you do? <laughs> how do you do? How do you do this? How do you do that? What do you do in this situation? And I'm asking lots of questions. Why? Because I don't have many answers. <laughs> I need to seek out counsel. You and I need to seek out counsel. So it's important that we seek the counsel of godly individuals because they know what the Bible has and what God's interest is in your life. The second person we should avoid is the sinner. The Bible says, first off, I want you to notice the progression here. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of God. Then he says, nor standeth. And so we know that everybody is a sinner, right? You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody has sinned. However, the warning is against standing in the way of sinners. That means, notice the, trend, notice the progression is that first off, we have gone from walketh to standeth. Ungodly counsel and sinful company stop us from forward progress 
in our walk in Christianity. It's going to prevent us from taking the next step forward. Hanging out with those who, give, who have given themselves to a sinful lifestyle robs us of God's blessings. I, I think I make it a priority every single week, and my wife can attest to this. I, I say, well, this week I'm going to do better in terms of eating healthy. And I'm going to not drink soda, and I'm not going to eat candy. And then Monday comes along, I have work, and in our fridge at work, what do we have is soda, Snapples. We have a two, we have a drawer has two different drawers, right? A, a bookshelf with two drawers of candy. And every week, I'm tempted to go into those drawers and to grab candy. And sometimes, most times, I fall into that. And you know what that's doing? That's preventing me from making forward progress in my decision to be healthier. As a Christian, I want to be a healthy Christian. I want to do right. I want to be a good Christian husband. I want to be as a good Christian father and as a youth pastor. All these things. I want to just live right. I want God's blessings upon my life. I mean, that may sound really simple, but I just want God to bless me. I want to live for God. I want to live godly. I want to bring honor and glory to God. And you know what? Sometimes what we have to do is that we have to disassociate ourselves with people who are ungodly. Now, as soon as you and I walk out these doors, are the majority of people going to be godly people? So does the Bible say we need to hide in our house and not do anything and, and just complain and say the world's bad and it's, it's all going to, if the world's going to hell and so we should just stay in our rooms? No. We go out and we, we evangelize, right? We give out the gospel. We, we, we love thy neighbor as thyself. But what is the Bible telling us? Say, don't make your best friends people who are ungodly. Don't make the main influences in your life sinners. Those who have given themselves over to the things of the world. That doesn't mean don't evangelize to them. That doesn't mean don't share the gospel with them. That doesn't mean don't love them. Of course we should do those things. But what the Bible is saying to us is that you are going to, first off, you're walking, now you're standing, why it's preventing you from making forward progress in your life. And as a youth pastor, unfortunately, I've seen many a teenager making forward progress in their life only to be stopped by ungodly friends, by counsel that's not going to help them in their life. And sadly, many a Christian and a teenager has had their life ruined by making friends and associating themselves with people who are ungodly. And that doesn't go just to teenagers. That goes to adults. Sometimes the things of the world just pull us in. And we have to put on safeguards and say, no, this is not what I should be doing. Thirdly, it says, let's, let's read the whole verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, this last one, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Three people to avoid, the ungodly, the sinner, and the scorner. So this is the, the last stop on our downward progress, is the scorner. Notice how we go from walking to standing. Now what are we doing? We're sitting. We are sitting. Doing nothing but scorning those who are actually serving God. This is the saddest seat in which a Christian can find themselves. Is being the scorner. What does a scorner do? The scorner spends his life mocking those who are doing right. This sin 
is so wicked that the book of Proverbs gives us examples or solutions to what we should do with a scorner. If you're in Psalm, keep your finger there, but turn to Proverbs 19. A scorner wants nothing to do. The scorner is the person sitting on the sidelines and not doing anything for the cause of Christ. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 25. The Bible says, Smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. And reprove one that hath understanding, and he will understand knowledge. So smite a scorner. That means just simply cast him away. Why? Is that so important? Because the Bible says smite a scorner, and the simple will beware. What is the simple? The simple, to kind of give you an illustration, the simple is the person who just comes to church. A newborn Christian, someone who just got saved, someone who just started coming to church. And yet, if we keep a scorner in the church, what does the scorner do? He tells the person who just got saved, you know, the pastor doesn't do this right. The nursery workers are this bad. The Sunday school teachers, they don't know what they're doing. I think it would be so much better if they did it this way. And the scorner, all he does is just accuse. The, the scorner just talks bad about everybody by doing, taking no action themselves. And what happens to the simple? The Bible says here that the simple just, I guess it really isn't a good church. I guess this Christianity thing isn't really that good. And the simple leaves. And so that's why it's important for us, the Bible says, to cast out. Proverbs 22.10 tells us to cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out, a strife and reproach shall cease. I actually talked about that verse last week, but it's fitting for here too. And so what does the scorner do? The scorner sits down and does nothing. The scorner is good for nothing. And so these are three people to avoid. So how do we be blessed? The first verse tells us, okay, you want to be blessed in your life. They're going, to be, they're, they're going to be things you're going to have to avoid. You're going to have to avoid these things. You're going to have to avoid this, the ungodly, the sin of the scorner. I talked about myself and trying to be healthy. If you want to be a healthy person, there, there are things that's going to be, you have to cast out. That's junk food. That's things that are not good for you. And you, you know what those things are and start working out and doing the things that are healthy for you. Well, as a Christian, there are things that we just have to immediately eliminate. When I gave my life, there are some to God, there are some things that I had to eliminate. Bad music, some things I was watching, listening to. You had to cast those things out. Why? Because they were not going to help me in my new walk with Jesus Christ. They were only going to take me away. And of course, every day is a learning experience, but there are things that we have to say, you know what, this is not good for me. I have to cut this out. So there are going to be things that we have to avoid and people we have to avoid. George Washington said, associate yourself with men of good quality. If you esteem your reputation, it is better to be alone than in bad company. There is so much truth to that. You hear uh, my dad, Pastor Matt, give examples and stories about his life a lot. And you've heard a lot about my dad's friends and uh, his family growing up. And one thing that's always interesting to me is that my dad, when he, when he surrendered his life to God as an 18-year-old, he talks about the friends in his life. And what my dad says is interesting is that he, didn't, he never had to cast those friends away, but those friends didn't want my dad anymore. Why? Because he wasn't drinking, partying, smoking, and doing all the things that they were doing. My dad wanted no part of that. My dad was, what they said wasn't no fun anymore. And you know what? That made my dad a better person. That made my dad 
not be with somebody he shouldn't have been, not ruin his life like his brothers did. And he, my dad made wise decisions in his life. And there are going to be things that we have to avoid. And I believe the same principle applies to our life, that when we decide to live right, to do, to do what God has to do, it's going to be automatically people who want nothing to do with us because we're just simply doing right. People do not like doing right. It's not fun to do right according to the world. And so you and I are trying to live by God. We're serving a higher purpose. We're serving a cause that they have no clue of. And so just keep on pressing on for Christ. For people to avoid, the ungodly, the sinner, the scorner. Secondly, so we got first of all, three people to avoid. Secondly, there is the book that brings blessings. The Bible says, in verse number two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. So the, there's a book that brings blessings. First off, we need to delight in the word of God. Delight in the things of God. God gave us his word. That book that you have on your lap is the most precious gift that God has, gave, that God has given to us. He's given us, he's given us his son, is given us the word of God with two great blessings that God has given to us. And this is one of the biggest blessings that you and I can ever have. And that, that book in your lap right now tells you all the answers about life, what to do, not to do. It is a law. It is, the Bible says it's like a light that shows us the path in our life of what to do and what not to do. It doesn't get any much clearer than that. And the Bible, I mean, God has given us this book for us, so we need to delight in it. He, the Bible says that he bestows his blessings upon those who love the word of God. Those who have a love for the word. Now, notice verse number two says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And notice this part. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So this other, this other factor here is that this person meditates on the word of God. The Bible is not only just to be read, it's not only just to be cherished, but it is also to be memorized and to be meditated upon. To think about what we just read. Meditating on the scriptures secures God's blessing. Uh, the Bible, we need to hide the word of God in our hearts. And how do we do that? But by memorizing. By thinking about what I just read. I have a tough time memorizing things. I'm not the best memorizer. What's well, so the one thing I like to do is I like to just simply write things down. Typing doesn't do a whole lot for me as opposed to what writing does. For whatever reason, writing just triggers in my brain to help me memorize things. And I have notebooks in my bookshelf about devotions I had when I was younger, just looking at those and just seeing how God used those things. And writing things down is a good way for us to meditate on what we just read because then we have that for years to come. So meditating on the scriptures secures God's blessings. And this keeps your mind stayed upon the precepts and the principles that God wants us to live by. If we hide the word of God in our heart and we keep these things in mind, it's going to help us keep in mind God's word in our hearts. So that way, when we're tempted throughout the day, we say, no, no, this is what the Bible says. I remember reading this in my Bible this morning. I remember what the pastor said on Sunday morning, and this is what I should be doing. So meditate on the word of God. As you leave church this morning or Sunday school or tonight, we should be meditating on what we have just read. And so not only should we have the book that brings blessings, but there is the blessings that come from the book. So look at Psalm chapter 1, verse number 3. The Bible says, And he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So the, there are blessings that come from the book, come from the Bible. Is first of all, there is spiritual strength that comes when we read the Bible. As a result of the interaction with the scriptures, spiritual strength becomes developed in our life. If I want to develop strength physically, I have to pick up dumbbells and work out my arms or work out whatever. If I want to work out spiritually, I have to read the Bible. I have to grow, and this helps you become stronger. Now, notice the, the phraseology here in verse number 3. It says, like a tree planted by the rivers of water. A strong tree is going to be something that's planted by water. It's going to develop strong roots. Why? Because it has constant nutrient, like um, nutrition. And it's going to help it develop a strong root. And the Bible says that for us, that if we read our Bibles, and we become, this will help us become strong like a tree that's planted by the river. And they, we become as strong as trees which have been carefully planted in the rich, fertile soil found along the river of God's righteousness if we just focus on the word of God. There is also powerful production. Notice here he says that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Fruit. We produce spiritual fruit. Now we know from Galatians about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, meekness, faith, gentleness, uh, temperance, and there are, there are fruits that develop in our life just by, be, just by reading the word of God. And so um, this helps us become what God has wanted us to be. This also, reading the word of God and wanting the word of God helps us produce happy health. Notice in verse 3 it says at the end, His leaf also shall not wither. Now this leaf shall not wither. So what does that mean? Spirit, the scriptures develop spiritual health in our lives. And lastly, it says, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The, the blessed Christian seems to possess a heavenly touch. That means that whatever we do is going to prosper. If we keep the word of God in our heart, we apply biblical principles to our life, our job will be blessed because of us. Our homes will be, ble be blessed because you decide to put the Bible as the main priority. The different things that we do automatically become blessed because we said, God, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so we have supernatural success. And lastly, there is the fate of those who, cho who choose foolish companies and neglect God's book. Look at verse number four. The Bible says, The ungodly are not so, but like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So what about the Christian who ignores God's warnings? What happens to the person that ignores God's warnings? What happens to the one who chooses the company of the ungodly, the sinners, the scorners? Not only do they miss out on the blessings of that we have talked about tonight, but they also suffer the consequences of their decisions. Notice verse 4, it says, The ungodly are not so, 
For like the chaff, which the wind driveth away. What does that tell us? What happens when we neglect God's word? First off, we live a wasted life. Our life was good for nothing if we don't do it for God. We spend X amount of years, whatever that may be for you and I, doing our own thing, never accepting Jesus Christ into our heart, never fully committing to God, and we find ourselves in the lake of fire for eternity because we never gave over to God. We never gave our life to God. We never accepted God's free gift of salvation. That's a wasted life. It's a life that's not given to God. The Bible also says, verse 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. In the day of judgment. What does it tell us? There's a sad judgment day. There's going to be a day where when we die, when we pass away someday, that God's going to look in the book of life. And he's going to see if your name is written in the book of life. And if you're not, what is the penalty? It's hell. Hell is forever. It's fire. It's pain. It's darkness. Hell is not a good place. And hell is a terrible place. Hell scares me. I, hell is real. Hell is very, very real. Uh, my, uh, my co-workers say, you know what, at least when I go to hell, all my friends will be there. It's not, a, that's not how it works. It's not at all how it works. Hell is terrible. Hell is a place I don't wish on my worst enemy. Why? Because it is a terrible place. Hell is not made for you and I. It was not made for you and I. It was made for the devil and his demons, and what the devil is trying to do is just bring along as many people as possible. He's trying to cast as many people there. Why? Because you could say bitter, angry. He's trying to get back at God. And what's he trying to do? There's a sad judgment for there's a sad judgment for anybody who does not accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the Bible says in verse number uh, verse five, and there's sinners in the congregation of the of the righteous. So there's it's an internal cost that we don't get when we don't give our life to God. So we want to live a blessed life. We want to live a life that has God's blessings. I don't know about you, but I want a life that has God's hand upon my life. I want God to have the increase. And so how do we do that? We, there's people that you and I need to avoid. It's not a, it's not a question. There's people that we're going to have to avoid. And, there, and then there's the book. We have to stay in the Word of God. We have to make the Word of God something an uh, integral part of our life. And then with, with the book, with the Bible, there is blessings that come from it. That's spiritual strength, powerful production, happy health, and supernatural success that can only be found through God. And so, Christian, this is a very simple sermon. I get it. But it is so meaningful. And it is so powerful. These truths that are just plainly written in the Word of God. So my charge to you tonight is make God number one in your life. Put God first in everything. I want to live a happy life. I want to live a blessed life. I want our church to be blessed. I want God's blessings upon our church. But we can't do that if we're not putting God first in everything. And so God must get the increase in our life. We have to bring glory to God. And Christian, then that's how you and our families can be blessed. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for how practical, for how prevalent it is to our lives and God Lord I pray that you would just bless tonight bless each person here we love you praise the Lord Jesus name amen